what the heck is going on in the Hamilton real estate market? Um, it's not like we don't know what's going on. I think just everybody is uh, surprised and it is an ongoing uh, situation and to see what is happening here. Uh, it is changing almost on a weekly basis uh, at ter in terms of pricing, the set point for pricing in different neighborhoods. Now it's not happening everywhere. So generally speaking, yes, the market is busy all across Hamilton as it is in most places in Canada. Virtually every province is seeing an increase in their average prices or in their HPI, the house pricing index, that's put out by the Canadian Real Estate Association, which is a bit more of an accurate look at pricing than average prices are. Average prices can be misleading in a lot of different ways. That's a discussion for a different a different day. Uh, generally speaking, uh, prices everywhere are going up like crazy. Like just here in the southeast corner in Bimbrook, I'm on the outskirts of Hamilton, and we're seeing some properties increasing anywhere from 15 to 20 20% in a month. Uh, so at the beginning of, I would say, middle to the, middle to the end of January, beginning of February, uh, looking at a property of what I'm kind of living in here, um, I thought the price was in around 500 to 520. And that was supported by other sales that were happening in the area for similar types of properties. And more recently, based on other sales that have happened since then, within the past week or so, uh, I'm estimating that this property now would probably sell closer to six, potentially even 610 or 620. So we've seen a $100,000 increase on what was about a 500, $520,000 property. That's a 20% increase in about a month. Uh, which is a lot. So let's get into it. I'm going to do a, a quick look at what CMHC, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, uh, they do put out a report checking on the housing market uh, and, and what they think is happening and where things are going. Plus, we're going to have a quick look at what the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington, RAP, uh, is saying as well. So I'm going to share my screen. But the first part of this uh, this presentation, we're going to look at the housing market assessment by the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Um, you can actually go to CMHC, Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation, and type in housing market assessment, and you should be able to pull up their newest report. It usually does come out quarterly. The uh, one prior to this one, the fall report was published in September. The one that we're looking at was published in December. If you all want to make it a bit easier, you can go to thegeekyagent.com. So if you go over to thegeekyagent.com and just look up the resources tab, all that information is there. So if you want to, uh, let's stop this for one second and I will take you to thegeekyagent.com. So there's my website there, thegeekyagent.com. And if you just go over just the desktop version, you can obviously get it on your mobile device as well. Uh, if you scroll down to the resources section, click on resources, and then you can download a full copy of the report here. Here's the CMHC, the winter 2020 version. Click on download to get yourself a PDF uh, copy. You don't have to register or enter an email address or anything. It's there free for you. There's the fall version there. Uh, appointment center reports that I usually reference in previous broadcasts. Just click download, they're all yours. The 2020 Remax housing market outlook. And I add more stuff there on an ongoing basis as it seems uh, needed or necessary. So very quickly, we're gonna go through this because we don't wanna take all day. So it's not an in-depth look at what's happening in the housing market. It's just a, an overview to give you an idea of what's happening and potentially why. So again, this is based primarily on the CMHC's 
housing market assessment from December 2020. So a few months have passed and we're going to look at some other numbers as well. Uh, but to get started, here's where we're at in terms of CMHC. So as part of their report, they look across Canada and they look at CMA census metropolitan areas. So the, if you look at this chart, I know it's somewhat difficult to see, but if you get the chart from the report, the top line is Canada. And it looks to see whether the market is overheating. It looks at things like price acceleration or price growth, whether there's some overvaluation happening, whether there's overbuilding happening, if there's too many properties being built or new properties coming online versus the supply and demand issue. And then they give an overall assessment and they're comparing their December 2020 uh, outlook versus what they had said back in September 2020 to see things have changed. So in Canada, they are mostly in the green section, these green dots. And at the bottom, according to their scale, green is a low degree of vulnerability. So is the market vulnerable in these various sectors? And what they're saying in Canada in terms of is the market overheating Overall in Canada, they are in the green. There's a low, uh, low possibility or degree of vulnerability that the market overall in Canada is overheating. And that takes into account all the different areas in Canada. So there are some areas like Toronto here in Hamilton that are super, super busy, but there are areas on the outskirts that aren't. So if you take all that into consideration, the answer is no. If you're looking at price acceleration, same, the, the risk is low. Uh, the vulnerability in the market is low, sorry. Overvaluation, they are saying it's moderate because it is growing fast enough in those big uh, metropolitan areas to create overall uh, some vulnerability in the market, but not to the point where it's high yet. Uh, and is there overbuilding happening? And I can tell you for a fact, there's not. If you're looking at the level of demand for housing versus how quickly new product is coming online, whether it be single detached homes, townhouses, semi-detached homes, apartment condos, et cetera, um, we're behind. There's a backlog there for sure in meeting demand. And that's in a year where in 2020, we've had our lowest rate of immigration, obviously because of controls and restrictions on immigration due to COVID. Um, we had our lowest rate of immigration since I believe they said 1998. Uh, so our lowest rate of immigration in more than a couple of decades. Um, so we don't have that influx of immigrants, which is we can allow legally based on our current legislation between 250 to 300,000 new immigrants per year. And they're looking at actually increasing that. And that was actually drastically reduced. Now, new immigrants don't always buy houses, but they do take up rental inventory a lot. Um, so a lot of the pressure on the rental market has died down. And usually when there's pressure on the rental market, it pushes people out of the rental market into the home buying market to become first time buyers or first time and a long time buyers. Um, so that, that effect isn't there. So it allows people to stay in the rental market and it decreases demand for rental product. And what you're seeing in Toronto specifically is that they have the lowest rental rate for I believe single bedroom apartment rentals and probably spills over to two and three bedroom rentals as well. The lowest rental rate in, that they've had in four years. So if you're looking to rent an apartment in Toronto right now, a condo apartment, um, this is the best price that you've had in basically in four years. Same because of that, uh, people don't really wanna own those properties. People who bought them as investments potentially are losing money now. Um, and they're looking at some risks there because of restrictions to Airbnbs and a vacant house tax, which is again, which we will discuss in another uh, broadcast, which is putting pressure on people who own those properties uh, to want to sell them. That kind of puts a flood of those properties onto the market, 
Plus the COVID situation has convinced people to move out of small spaces into bigger spaces. So a lot of those, a lot of that product has hit the market, which drastically impacted the pricing in Toronto. The condo market in Hamilton was pretty healthy. It did grow, uh, but not, it really, it's a mixed bag. A lot of the new developments came online and uh, pushed prices higher, but in some buildings, the prices stayed flat. So anyways, look, that's the overall view for Canada. But if you go down the line, and you see right there is Hamilton. And Hamilton is a bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, if you're looking at, is the market vulnerable to overheating? According to CMHC, they believe that there is a moderate degree of, of vulnerability in, the, in terms of overheating. And we'll get into what that means. Uh, price acceleration in September, they said no. They said there's a low risk. Um, but in, right now in December, they said there's a moderate risk and prices have been growing and have grown since December as well. So that risk is probably a bit higher or that degree of vulnerability is higher. Um, overvaluation in September, again, they said no, there was a very low degree. And now in December, they reported that there's a moderate uh, degree of vulnerability in terms of price, uh, house prices being overvalued. And overbuilding, they remained low. Again, building in Hamilton is pretty steady on the low side. But overall, what that led them to do is take us from being in the moderate degree of vulnerability as an overall look and move us into what they believe is a high degree of vulnerability, primarily due to things like overvaluation and price acceleration. So we'll have a closer look at what that means for us. And this is, again, according to CMHC's report. And it, definitely, there's people that don't agree. Um, so overheating, again, this is the Hamilton overview. Um, we are in the moderate zone for overheating, price acceleration and overvaluation. We are of low degree of vulnerability in terms of overbuilding, and that gives us an overall assessment of being a high degree of vulnerability. And this uh, report is prepared by Anthony Passarelli. I actually did uh, meet him once upon a time, and I sat in on a few of their presentations from CMHC to our association, our Realtors Association here in Hamilton, Burlington. According to his report, his summaries is house prices accelerated in Hamilton and became increasingly more detached from economic and demographic fundamentals in the third quarter. So that was in the towards the end of 2020, triggering a change in the overall degree of vulnerability from moderate to high. And I think what he's kind of getting at there is again being detached from economic and demographic fundamentals is whether people's uh the rate of employment the unemployment now did go down a little bit uh, it did spike uh during the first couple of shutdowns that we had it did recover slightly in hamilton in the summer months when we were able to reopen a little bit um, but we are hovering at about nine percent unemployment rate we were amongst the top 10 lowest unemployment rates in canada for a very long time and our unemployment rate was hovering at around five or six percent uh hitting a low i think of four at one point don't quote me on that but we were in about the five or six percent uh unemployment range and that we were again amongst the top 10 lowest unemployment rates for a metropolitan area in all of canada and we've spiked now that's almost doubled to or sorry gone up by 50 percent to nine percent unemployment so from six to nine is a significant increase in unemployment uh people's wages haven't really changed so it, people's wages are not keeping pace with the growth in the prices of homes. House prices, like I mentioned, are on fire at the moment, fueled mainly by very low supply and very low interest rates. And we'll get into a little bit of that as well. So if we look further, 
Again, when we talk about overvaluation, this is the summary from CMHC. Second quarter of 2020, house prices became more detached, as we mentioned, um, which is triggering, triggering a detection of moderate evidence of overvaluation. So again, that competitive uh, housing market is causing people to offer more and more money to buy these homes. If you need to buy a home, if you have money available to purchase it and you are competing with other people for a limited resource, whether it's houses, whether it's cars, whether it's land, whether it's Apple, uh, the prices generally tend to go up as supply is, is reduced and the demand remains high, prices tend to go up. That's what happens in a sort of free market capitalistic society, uh, which is what we live in. Um, the greatest improvement in fundamentals, according to CMHC, was the borrowing capacity of potential buyers. Significant decrease in mortgage rates due to interest rate cuts by the Bank of Canada more than offset borrowers having slightly less income. So basically what they're saying, and we'll put this aside for one second, is that um, generally we're making, overall we're making less money because more people were out of work. Now, that's, it's a mixed bag there as well. A CIBC chief economist uh, was speaking the other day and mentioned that that changes, those shutdowns actually impacted lower income individuals to a much greater extent than it did to middle to high level uh, income earners, mainly because lower level income earners work in retail, work in retail, work in restaurants, work in the service industry type thing. That's a, a large portion of the jobs associated with lower income individuals are in those areas, and therefore they were much more greatly impacted. So that Overall, that brings down what appears to be uh, people's earning potential. But if you look at the higher and middle income earners, they weren't impacted as much. They were able to work at home. They had the resources available for them to do that. They had the job, um, the education, the training to have more advanced jobs. And they uh, were able to work from home. Whether you, and these include things like working from call centers, a lot of office administration type jobs, all the way up to more middle middle management and CEO type positions and that sort of thing, who are able to work remotely and do their jobs at home. So they didn't see a change in their pay because they continued to work. And a lot of them actually saved money because they didn't have to commute to work. They didn't have to spend money on uh, fancier clothing for work or buying lunches when they go out. All the little things that you do when you're on your way to work, stop at the Tim Hortons or the Starbucks drive-through to pick up your coffees. Actually, so actually what ended up happening is those middle to higher income earners actually increased the amount of available income that they had in their bank accounts and were able to afford uh, or had some more money available to purchase homes. Coupled with the super low interest rates, well below 2% in many cases, uh, which is historically low for us here, um, that allowed people to have more money to borrow. The higher the interest rate, the less money you're able to borrow to buy a home. So the lower the interest rate, if you're able to qualify, say, for $500,000 at 3.5%, at 1.6%, you might be able to qualify for $650,000, $700,000 or something along those lines. Um, so you had more available borrowing power, a little bit more income, uh, and the motive to move away from the big city to areas where the prices were slightly cheaper, like they are here in Hamilton compared to Toronto or Niagara compared to Hamilton, and buy a home, especially if your employer was going to allow you to work remotely, which a lot of lower income earners don't have that option. They work against service industry jobs where you have to be on site to do the job or laborer type jobs where you need to be on site versus office type jobs where you can actually do things remotely. Uh, so that's a lot of different things going on there. Um, and they're all impacting the market, right? So let's go back to the CMHC presentation here and let's uh, let's tear them apart. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, so that's a lot of that is what's happening there. So what you're also seeing, let's move on to the next slide, is this evidence of overheating. So what we're looking at is how quickly do properties get purchased? And usually we set a threshold of below uh, 80% for CMHC does. So if you're looking at new listings to sales ratio, like how many new listings are coming online compared to how many houses are actually being sold. And you can look at things like absorption rate, like how quickly these new listings are being absorbed into the market, available inventory, like how many months worth of inventory. If you sell 10 homes a month and you have 30 homes listed for sale, if you stop listing houses today, you would still have three months worth of inventory using those numbers available before you ran out of homes. Um, usually that two and a half to three month mark is what we like to refer to as a balanced market. If that threshold is below that 75% or so, um, again, we're in sort of a balanced market and that means that buyers and sellers have time to look at properties, negotiate prices. There's not a lot of pressure either in a really strong seller's market like we have now for buyers to offer more and more money if they're competing with a lot of people to buy a house or in the opposite direction when there's a strong buyer's market, when there's a flood of inventory on the market and now the sellers are under pressure to drop their prices lower and lower to try and attract a buyer. Neither one of those situations is ideal. We prefer the balanced market, which is represented by that dotted line in terms of sales to new listing ratio. And what you're seeing here is in a couple instances, so in 2017, you're seeing a spike. In 2010, you saw a spike above that line. And definitely now in 2020, we are well above that line. We're not quite at the 90% mark in Hamilton, but we're pretty close. Uh, which means that 90% of the new listings that come up are being absorbed very, very quickly. And for the most part, we have less than one month, sometimes less than a couple of weeks worth of inventory available. Here in Bimbrook, there's over 5,000 residential properties. And the other day when I checked, it was actually a high number for that day. We had 10 for sale, six detached homes and four townhouses, I believe. Uh, and that's actually been high. It's Every other time I have looked in the past month or so, we've had five, maybe six homes for sale in an area of well over 5,000 residential properties. So if you're moving to this area, that doesn't give you a lot of options to look at, and therefore you end up competing with other people to buy those properties. Um, so what we've seen, again, according to CMHC, is a disproportionate increase in sales compared to new listings we just mentioned, um, which is a greater number of transactions were made either by local first-time buyers, according to CMHC, local property investors, or buyers from other regions. So we have a lot more buyers and not a lot of listings. So um, yeah, when you get more buyers in, that those people aren't necessarily selling homes. So usually if you see an increase in listings, it means people who already have a home are listing theirs for sale and then going out and buying another home. So you're getting that sort of evening out uh, effect happening. But because they're being absorbed more quickly means you've got this great influx of people who are just buying. They are not listing homes for sale, at least in this area, if you're looking tightly in this area. But they might become, they may have listed their property for sale in Toronto, which doesn't impact our numbers here in Hamilton, but they're uh, they count as an increase in buyers in the Hamilton area. So that means demand is very, very high. What are the things in impacting first-time buyers and, or first-time and a long-time buyers is the low interest rates. So we're actually borrowing buyers, people that may not have bought a property for a year or two years or three years down the road, have decided that interest rates are super low. 
I can actually afford to buy a lot more than I thought. I was planning on saving up money so that I could afford a $600,000 house because today I only qualify for a $500,000 one. But because interest rates came down so low, now I can afford that $600,000 house. I don't have to wait a year or two years or three years. So I'm going to go and buy now and stop renting. Uh, same thing is happening for investors. Investors want to make good purchases as low as they can. So when the interest rates are extremely low, they'll take advantage of that to extend their buying power and purchase those investment properties that they were hoping to buy. And then you got people coming in, uh, mainly again, CMHC, if you read through the report, because a lot of the properties in the Hamilton area, and that includes Burlington and the Hamilton Burlington board, uh, were purchased in the Ancaster, Stony Creek and Burlington areas. Generally speaking, the higher value homes in those areas one of the conclusions they come to is that a lot of the people buying in Hamilton are coming from pricier neighborhoods in Toronto, have cashed out on their properties, taken the equity and come to Hamilton and they tend to buy the pricier homes in Hamilton, which by comparison look like a good deal. Uh, so that's CMHC's kind of conclusions. I'm sort of summarizing a bit. And then RAB, a Real Realtors Association, Hamilton Burlington came up with their numbers and they mentioned that we saw a double digit year over year increase in the average sale price. So comparing January 2021 to January 2020, we saw double digit growth. And January 2020 was prior to the shutdowns. But I will tell you right now, for people who don't remember, January, February in the real estate market in Hamilton, it was on fire even before the pandemic came along and shut everything down. Um, so this is according to the Realtors Association, Hamilton Burlington, the number of sales of single family properties decreased by 6.9% in January 2021 compared to 2020. So we actually sold almost 7% fewer homes, mainly because we didn't have houses to sell. End of, end of month inventory in December 2020 was 660 homes. In the entire RAB market area, which includes Burlington, Hamilton, Grimsby, et cetera, uh, the entire area here for like that roughly is about 600,000, 650,000 people. Uh, we had 660 homes for sale. That's it. So the number of homes that we sold actually declined by 6.9%. Uh, so fewer homes available. Uh, number of new listings was down by 16.2%. So 16.2% fewer new listings coming to market in 2021 versus 2020 in January. And that means that there was more competition for them. And as we see, the average sale price increased by 23.4% in January 2021 compared to January 2020, reaching a high of $787,840, which for the Hamilton area is bunkers. Um, the decrease in single family homes available for purchase, as is according to my uh, board president and uh, somewhat friend, colleague, I call her friend, I know Donna, uh, the decrease in single family homes available for purchase coupled with the logistical hurdles families face moving during a pandemic may have greatly influenced many to put to not to put their home on the market, says Donna. Again, that, that the COVID effect is greater than most people would imagine mainly in how people decide to, to live their lives. Um, so if you are looking at putting your house on the market, we have all the virtual tools available. We can do 3D tours, we can limit showings, we can eliminate in-person showings until after we've received an accepted offer. And then one of the conditions of that offer can be that the person buying gets to come in and check out the home. So if you're really concerned about COVID in your house and don't wanna have five, 10, 20, 40 people traipsing through your home to see it in person, we can do that but most people still don't. Most people still really aren't comfortable doing that. They wanna see the home in person and that makes people nervous. A lot of times like, people are now still working from home. 
Uh, a lot of people, their schooling is a mix of in-person and remote learning. Um, we had a recent shutdown, which meant all the kids were at home learning. So if you've got everybody at home all day, uh, one parent or the other parent or guardian in two different rooms trying to do their work separately, and you've got one, two, three kids all trying to do their schoolwork, uh, it's difficult to have visitors. So your showings are limited and makes it more complicated. And it makes people to decide like, maybe we won't sell right now. On top of that, you're seeing that the prices are increasing and it does act as a trigger. So once you hit a certain threshold, people who weren't considering selling might actually consider selling, but not for everybody. So a lot of people, when they're seeing those prices increase, the, the determination in their mind is like, well, where do I go? I'm not really planning on leaving Hamilton or this area of Hamilton. I want to stay here in Bimbrook, for example. And if I sell my house here in Bimbrook, I'm just going to have to buy another house here in Bimbrook. And I can't exactly necessarily afford to do that. Now, there are ways that you can upgrade because you're building equity and you have a greater down payment, but most people just really don't want to do that. Um, so that is impacting the number of new listings on the market, exacerbates the supply problem. And then the demand in relation to that supply is even greater, which increases the seller's market, increases the prices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these are all the kind of things as, as sort of a great, you know, 10,000 feet above overview. Uh, I will be doing a longer review, like in, in actual prices in neighborhoods in Hamilton to see where the trends are, where the, the busiest neighborhoods are in terms of price growth and sales and that sort of thing. But for the lunchbox, I think a half an hour, little overview is plenty. So I'm going to end it there. I do appreciate y'all coming in. I usually pump up a local business. I don't have have one in mind uh, right now. So please take the time to check out your local area, see who's open. Like we're in the red zone here in Hamilton, but that, so that does allow for, I believe up to 10 people for uh, indoor dining in restaurants and cafes and that sort of thing. Uh, socially distance, of course, people can get back to retail establishments, places like uh, I just went to Home Depot the other day that were they were only doing curbside about a week or two ago. And now you can actually go into the store again, limited capacity, et cetera. But, you know, try to support your local business. Jump in. Again, if you're not comfortable going in, do your curbside pickup, order, take out from your favorite little restaurant. I think we're going to be probably it's Friday. We're going to order some pizza tonight from somebody local here um, and see what, what we can do. So um, thank you for all for tuning in. I'll just repeat myself if I keep talking. So I'll stop and let you have a wonderful Friday. I do appreciate y'all being here. I love y'all to death. You know I do. And as always, I will talk to you again soon on the Lunchbox. Bye.